of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Active Worship Podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Thank you for joining me today. We are here today continuing through the Psalm Project, and we are in one of the lengthier Songs of Ascent. That is Psalm 132. I would not at all refer to this as a long psalm, but it is lengthier than the other Songs of Ascent. And here... It is a lament asking God to save the king. The psalm grounds the petition in God's covenant with David. And you see that throughout this psalm beginning in the beginning of it. And in the choice of Zion as a revelation of God's earthly presence. Since verses 8 through 10, as I, when I read that in a little bit, you'll hear them. Uh, these verses are quoted in Solomon's prayer in 2 Chronicles 6. So it's likely that this is the time of this psalm's composition. And so after the period of the Hebrew monarchy, the psalm references, the psalm's references to the Messiah become increasingly clear. Let's take a look at this. Psalm 132, beginning in verse 1, I will read it all for you. Remember, O Lord, in David's favor, all the hardships he endured. How he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, I will not enter my house or get into bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of Jar. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. The Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant, and my testimonies that I shall teach them. Their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests I will clothe with salvation. And her saints I will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine. So a few things here I want to get into that stand out. It, Like many of these songs of ascent have already mentioned in verse 1, it mentions hardships. Remember, O Lord, in David's favor, all the hardships he endured. The historical books record the troubles that David endured as he sought to serve the Lord faithfully. And in in his young manhood, he had to run away from Saul. 
We know that story. Saul tried to kill him. And in his maturity, he dealt with troubles in his realm, notably Absalom's revolt. Verse 2, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. David's vows gives the temple and its worship the highest priority. Fulfillment of this vow is implied in verses 6 through 9 when David ordered that the ark be removed from this place that we see in verse 6 that says the fields of Jar. The fields of Jar. That is simply the final resting place of the Ark of the Covenant. It is also uh, the fields of Jar, J-A-A-R. This is short for Kiriath Jerim, which is, that's a long word that you don't want to say. So it's the fields of Jar. And it's the final resting place, or one of the resting places. I said the final resting place, I'm sorry. The resting place for 20 years of the Ark of the Covenant. And then in verse 3, I will not enter my house or get into bed. So similar to his sentiment recording in, recorded in 2 Samuel 7, David felt uneasy that he had a comfortable dwelling place. While the Ark of the Covenant, the primary symbol of God's presence, was still housed in the tabernacle. And then, as I mentioned, in verses 6 through 9, we see that the Ark comes to its proper place. In verse 6, Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah. This is a name for Bethlehem. And so you're already seeing the messianic message here. The fields of Jar, this resting place where the ark was situated. You can read about it in 1 Chronicles 13, 1-14. One uh, and in verse 7. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. This is a common way to refer to the Ark of the Covenant. The Lord revealed himself as enthroned over the Ark, resting his feet on it. Verse 8, Arise, O Lord. Again, this is uh, uh, the use of metaphorical language. It's not as if God is sleeping, but it is Israel calling to their God to come take action. Verse 10, For the sake of your servant David. So the climax of the psalm is an appeal to the Lord to bless the descendant of David who is ruling on the throne. God had promised David that his descendants would rule after him. You see that in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And although the line of David was interrupted, God's promises were not thwarted. And that is because Jesus, David's greater son, fulfills the Davidic covenant, and so it is no surprise that the psalm was understood messianically in the early church. You can read about that in Luke 1 and Acts 2. Luke 1, 32, Acts 2, 30. Verse 11. I will set on your throne. I will set on your throne one of your sons. So this is an allusion to 2 Samuel 7, verse 12. If your sons keep my covenant. So there was a conditional element in the Davidic covenant. His physical descendants would only rule successfully in Jerusalem if they were obedient to the covenant. Verse 14. Here I will dwell. This is my resting place forever. 
God chose Zion and had the temple built as the earthly reflection of his heavenly residence. And so in this sense, the temple is his palace from which he rules the world. Verse 15, I will abundantly bless her provisions. As a generous king, the Lord will tend his subject people, Israel, with a special eye on the destitute. Look at verse 15 again. I will satisfy her poor with bread. We've already seen in the Psalms how God has a heart for those uh, that are broken and needy, the poor. And that is why we as believers are called to take care of those people. Verse 17. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. And we've mentioned this before, but this is a symbol of political strength. The horn. And so this psalm, it is a lament, but is asking God to save the king, grounded and rooted in the promises God made with David, the covenant that he made with his servant David. We have two more songs of ascent to go after this, and then we will be into Psalm 135 and have 16 more psalms to go. So we are getting there. So here is Psalm 132 set to music. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.
Crown.